0: Four for the Eagles here. Murphy and shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. Keep- that ball is hit hard into player. He's a and player. He's a baseball a home run for Joe baseball That play- Welcome to the WZBC Sports Podcast, Episode 16. We're breaking down the Boston College men's basketball loss to Florida State last night, uh, and looking towards kind of the rest of the season. What um, are some things that we should be looking out for as uh, fans from you know a young team that still has a lot to learn? Uh, so you know, that's there's there's a lot to kind of go off of there as I, as we're going off of. In a lot of our podcasts, about what you know, what is what is what's happening right now mean for the future? Because certainly, you know, this season is not uh, kind of the tournament bound season. Not, not that it was ever expected to be, um, but there's a lot that I think we're learning more and more, and how it's going to affect next season and the years to come is pretty important. So uh, we're going to get all to that. But first, we're going to just kind of talk about the 104 to 72 loss uh, at Florida State last night. Um, BC was really never in the game, even from the beginning. They never held the lead. Uh, they were down six nothing to be in the game. I think it was maybe twelve four, and you know before they knew it, they were down maybe thirty eight to eighteen. I mean, it was really it was kind of off Florida State uh, all the way, the um, whole game, and they did not let up in the second half. Uh, and they're a really good team. We'll, we'll get to them um, in a minute, but I mean, kind of the big thing that stuck out right away was. Florida State's defense they were pressuring way outside the three-point line uh, and even from the beginning uh, they, they kind of never let I mean that, that was it, it, it wasn't a full court press um, but they kind of went into it right from the start uh, they were out past three-point line maybe approaching even half court and they were putting a lot of pressure uh, on Bowman uh, he was really he to got comfortable early on and he played well uh, I think as a whole in the game but without a backup ball handler, except for Robinson, there's limitations about what BC can do and teams are, are trying to exploit that. And like I said, Bowman's at least not yet. He's not a true point guard. I uh, he didn't I don't think he came in as a true point guard. Um, but you know, Ty Graves transferred, so he was kind of your backup ball handler. And when you were giving Bowman a rest, Robinson can't play uh, he you know, he has to play on the ball, he can't play off the ball, and I think he's probably best um, not bringing the ball up. Even though he's a very adequate point guard in that sense, you probably don't want him there. Um, so that was a point that I think Florida State said, all right, these guys don't have a lot of depth at the guard position, and neither of them are fantastic dribblers. Uh, maybe neither of them are true point guards is a better way to put it. And they were really out-pressuring hard, um, and... The reason they were able to do that was Florida State plays a lot of guys, for one, so they they could really go very hard on all of their possessions and then sub someone in and out uh, to kind of rest their team. They're very long and athletic, and they just the kind of team they are lent themselves to playing that kind of defense. Uh, so they were able to stay out, make uh, Bowman uncomfortable. I mean, really the first you know, gosh, 10 possessions. I mean, it, it seemed like every time the ball was fumbling around, and maybe it wasn't a turnover every time, but they were getting their hands on the ball. They were uh, trapping. They were helping out really well. So there wasn't much to do. The BC was not able to get into a free-flowing offense. Their half-court set was hard to get into it. When they got into it, it, it did not really lend itself to very good shots early on, and that kind of went throughout the game. So that really stood out to me. At first, and and you look at it, you know, if you have a team that's nearly as deep as Florida State, every coach you think would think about doing this to BC. I haven't really seen a team do this. It was a, it was a hard man-to-man outside of the three-point line, really even picking up at half court, and BC was not comfortable with it. I mean, we saw we've seen all year BC's not comfortable with the full court press. It's gotten better uh, than it was in non-conference play, but it's still not great. So this is a team that's just not a very good pressure oriented team Uh, and really once you kind of get outside of the starting five it really even drops off from there and even at the starting five those guys are not super comfortable with the press so that's something that that's an Achilles heel of this team and I think Far State exploited it in a very unique way a way that I had not seen so far but it definitely worked for them it led to turnovers it led to bad shots by BC a lot of panicking And, uh, you know, it it made Florida State's job uh, that much easier to kind of get into their own offense and score their own points. And they're very good in transition, and they had a lot of transition points last night. Um, So, as I say, you know, FSUs, they've got a lot of depth. They weren't getting tired. And being such a tall and athletic team, BC just didn't have the athletes to keep up with a team like that. In fact, this might be the most athletic team in the ACC because teams like Duke and North Carolina and Virginia don't play. This kind of, I mean, the, the UVA certainly does, and I, I don't think UNC does either. Duke's got obviously very good athletes, but all, all of those teams have good athletes. Um, but I think Farsi might be the most athletic team in the ACC, and some nights that's going to really, really work for them. And what that means is it was just a bad matchup for BC, just not a good matchup. BC's not a team that's going to match up well with athletes, at least not yet. Uh, this team, this team this year, is not an athlete-built team um good shooting team uh decent passing team uh pretty good in isolation situations not bad at running the floor but against long tall athletes who run the floor well themselves and bc still struggling on defense and we'll get to defense later on uh just not a good matchup at any point um so tough one you know you lose by 32 but there were some bright spots and, and let's talk about them uh, Bowman had 24 points on 10 of 17 shooting I've been saying this all along this kid has a special kind of confidence and a special kind of motor uh, not arrogant in any way he's not out there thinking he's entitled to shots or the ball he's just a special player in the sense that he plays so hard he's a good sport out there that I mean it's it's such a good balance and I think when you trying to surround him with more guys In the future, it will really be fun to watch. Um, You know, he struggled. He had some uh, miscues bringing the ball up, especially against this defense. But still, twenty four points, only two three pointers too. So he was getting to the basket. He's a really good player, uh, and he's really complimented Robinson well. Robinson twenty one points, six of nineteen shooting. So certainly not as good of of a percentage. Uh, He took some some ugly shots in the lane. Because like I said, BC was struggling to get into their half court set when they got into it. The ball often ended up in Robinson's hands. He felt like he needed to create forced up shots. So it wasn't the prettiest. But I, I'll tell you, Robinson usually gets his points. And something to be said about that because there's a lot of that's a, a lot of guys on this team don't do that. Uh, you know you need, even on his off nights, he's getting 15 points and usually he's getting more. I mean, he's averaging 19.5 on the season. Uh, just under 18 in ACC play. Uh, so on a team like this that's going to have tough nights, the guy that is getting his points is very valuable, and he's been getting it all year. Um, so certainly he's not going to have the prettiest field goal percentage, but you got to take a big step back and you say, who, who is he playing with and who are they playing against? Uh, and this is a team that's very much in a growth stage against some awesome competition. Uh, also, A.J. Turner, he was 5-of-9 from the field last night, 13 points. He was a bit more assertive out there, but still not very confident and, and not a difference maker. There are just some, some shots out there that A.J. Turner won't take. You know, you'll know, you see him coming down on a two-on-one, and you know he's scared someone's coming up from behind him or he's going to make an awkward play to the basket, so he usually passes it. And I don't mean that as an indictment to him. It's something I think he could work on because he do, he does have... Uh, an athletic build, he he could be very good in transition, but he he's there are just some shots that he won't take, and hopefully he can kind of work to overcome that um, because there are there's a lot of value in his game. Uh, but he played a little better last night, um, and you know he, he shot the ball pretty well. I, it's just it's interesting with Turner because Turner has. When you look at him, he has kind of all the keys, you think, to success. He's got good form, good shot. He's worked a lot on his shot. His shot's gotten a lot better since last year. And I think there's no doubt that A.J. Turner put in work over the offseason. Uh, it might not manifest itself in the same way Jerome Robinson has, and it, and it hasn't, but he, I think he really worked hard, bulked up a little bit. Uh, his shot looks really good, just doesn't believe in it enough. Where Kai Bowman's shot is not, not as good a form by any means, but Kai thinks he's going in every time, and that's um, that's that's a that's a that's a big thing with any level of sports, um, but certainly basketball at, at at the D1 ACC level. If we look at kind of some of the ugly parts of last games and the not as good parts, um, center the center position has been an issue on this team, and last night was not the night to fix it. I'll tell you that. Um, FSU has Michael Ojo, who is seven uh, one and three hundred and four pounds. That's a big boy. And they also have a 7'4 guy come off the bench. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. It's a tough name to pronounce, but he got some minutes last night uh, and, and played pretty well. Uh, Popovich, for the first time, started last night, I think, to kind of match up with Ojo because Jeffers was just too small in that sense. Um, and he let Ojo and even some of the other centers catch the ball way too far into the paint. So they were turning right around, and the basket was right there. Um, and like I said, Jeffers is too small, so this you know he he wasn't really going to match up as well. He did get some time last night, um, you know, in terms of minutes breakdown. Popovich got 14 minutes, Jeffers got 13, um, and JC Reyes, who's the tallest guy on the team, got, got 13 as well. And and we'll get to him in a second. Um, but Popovich did not play great defense last night. Definitely had some awkward moments out there. He, he's I I really I think he's going to be good. He's big. He's you know he's he's not too thin, which I think you see a lot. I mean, we see it with Reyes. Reyes is really thin. Um, there's a lot of good things about Popovich, uh, but just taking a year to learn how things work in the ACC, that's, that's just kind of one of those unteachable things until you do it yourself. Uh, so, uh, you know, he struggled last night, and, and Jeffers, again, just too small to match up with some of those guys, so he was going to have a tough night. Reyes played uh, 13 minutes and did okay, on defense but he really struggles on offense he doesn't shoot free throws well he doesn't finish well at all he fades away from the basket um and that's a product of him not playing a lot you know you get the ball in your hands and you're not exactly sure what to do with it I get that um I'm not surprised they turned to him last night but uh he's a work he's a you know he's a project that's that's kind of the bottom line with him and uh you know as we as I've mentioned before in this podcast, there is an Eastern European recruit who's, a uh, pretty sure, official a uh, power forward or center, but I don't know his specific dimensions. So it's very possible that that JC Reyes is your backup center next year, who you're going to demand time out of. So he's a big one to, to keep your eye on in the off season. Um, and, and you know, kind of the big picture of of the the ugly parts of last night's game: eleven guys played, which is the most we've seen all year in a serious game like this. Uh, but four scored zero points two uh, one scored two points and one scored four points um, so outside of the 24 from Bowman the 21 from Robinson and the 13 from Turner uh, it was not a pretty night uh, and far State got great contributions from everyone on their bench uh, they outscored BC's bench by a lot <laughs> I didn't do the numbers but it was a big difference um, so BC was not kind of getting that pressure out, out of their bench and they haven't all year that wasn't I'm not in that's not New and I don't I don't blame Christian or the bench for that. I mean, think guys are where they are. The team plays who they play. Florida State's a different team, a deeper team. I'm not trying to compare them. I'm just saying that uh, BC did not get a lot of production across the board last night. Which in some games we we have seen some some better production across the board. So you know, big picture, uh, last night they were just not competition for Florida State. Florida State was simply the better team, and BC did not. Have a chance. I don't mean that like uh, there was a, you know zero percent chance that BC would go in there and do anything. But Florida State was the better team, and they were going to take care of business. It was just not a game that BC was was going to win. And I, I don't that doesn't mean you don't make the trip down there. It doesn't mean that you don't you know have a game plan and throw your guys out there and, and try to make it happen. But it, last night was just not the right matchup. But Florida State is clearly the better team, and BC is going to have to look to bridge that gap as. The the seasons go forward. Um, you know, we, we talk about this all the time about because you see development at, at a such a different way in college basketball than, than you do. You know, for example, the NBA and you, you see recruits building each other and and clearly even Kentucky freshmen and sophomores. You know, maybe freshmen in their case, but young guys at, at the college basketball level, they're they're gonna struggle. It's a, it's an adjustment. To the game. I mean, look at Gonzaga, number one team in the country this year. Uh, a lot of upperclassmen. Villanova upperclassmen. Jenkins is a junior, a senior. Hart's a senior. Um, you look back at you know some of the really good teams that have that have won recently. Maybe the exception is Duke in 2015. Um, but at the college basketball level, seniors and juniors are the ones that make the really big difference. Um, and you know. It's okay that, that BC's not on Fire State's level right now, but you want to see that, that bridge, you know, kind of th- them bridging that gap. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, been a, it's been a tough run recently, but, uh, you know, you, you see those flashes from, from Bowman and you see kind of the offensive mind of Robinson and the way he puts the ball on the floor and the way he thinks about the floor. It's very exciting. Uh, and I have a lot of faith in AJ Turner that he can grow into a really important piece to this team. Um, but you know that takes time, and I think last night was a very clear indicator of you know BC's far from where we where we want them to be. If we look at some of the stats from only conference play, I've been looking actually for stats for only conference play for a while, and someone over the weekend showed me. oh, go to this this sports reference reference website, and you can see stats from only conference games. Um, you know it's uh pretty interesting uh, Bowman and Robinson are averaging 17.9 both in conference play the next closest guy Jordan Chapman is averaging 8.6 you know less points per game and that kind of drop off is is gonna hurt you know because you need the best out of everyone else to keep up with the other teams that are getting contributions from their three fours and fives um so you know it. Jordan Chapman only averaging 9.3 a game, uh, you know, followed by A.J. Turner at 7.9. And then once you get past, you know, the eighth player on the team, the next, you know, guy with the, the most points per game is Mike Skye, who, who didn't play in a lot of them. He's averaging 1.6. So, you know, the the point area is uh, is tough, but it's, it's, it is good, I think, to see Kai Bowman really turn it on in conference play and in, you know, hang with Jerome Robinson uh, up there, and he he always get a good game out of him. I mean, he's had a, he had a couple tough ones. He had a tough one against Virginia um, and stuff like that, but overall, he's played great in conference play, and he's a guy that teams got a game plan when they're coming to play BC. One thing I do want to point out is three-point percentage. Uh, Kai Bowman, he's shooting 48 percent from three in conference, and he takes a lot of threes. I mean, that, that's not a skewed stat. That is amazing. Um... That, that he's kind of shooting that, that percentage. Jordan Chapman's next at 41%, which is fantastic. Jerome Robinson is seventh on the team, uh, 20, 27.5% from three. So that's not ideal. Um, that's one of the things I really want to see Jerome Robinson work on his three point shot in the off-season, offseason because he's got a great mid range game, and that's so valuable. You don't see that too much um, uh, from a player of kind of his caliber. But if he can pair that up with, you know, even a 37% you know, percent three-point shot, you know, put that up 10%, that could be just lethal. I mean, that could add on six points per game with him. I mean, he could be one of the best players in the ACC next year, um, but, you know, it's going to take that work. Uh, free throws have not been great for this team uh, all season, certain, certainly, you know, in conference. Um, Jordan Chapman shooting 95%, which is great, um, but... Next guy, Jerome Robinson, seventy-five percent. We want to get that up. Kai Bowman's only shooting sixty-nine percent, so so definitely want to want to see that go up. Um, areas like blocks, Mo Jefferson leads the team at .5 per game. You know that's that's not enough, and, and no surprise. Like I said, we talked about how the center position's kind of been a weak spot for this team, um, but you know minutes played, Kai Bowman thirty-five, Jerome Robinson thirty-three, next AJ Turner with thirty. Um, so you kind of see their importance to, to this team, uh, even when they're changing up lineups and, and so on. So uh, if you kind of want to check this out, at sportsreference.com, you look up BC and, and scroll down the page, you can find uh, their conference stats. It's interesting to kind of see what the guys have done because the non-conference for this team was was a wild ride, a weird ride. I mean, you, you lose to Fairfield, Hartford, Nickel State, but then you beat Auburn, you beat Providence, then uh, you, you, know, you beat Syracuse to begin ACC play. Um, it was a strange time. An unfortunate time. We should have we gotten more wins. That team should have gotten more wins uh, in the non-conference schedule. They didn't. Um, but I think we've really seen this team kind of hit its stride, for good and bad, in conference. Uh, so the stats are interesting. I would definitely recommend checking uh, them out to just kind of see. Okay, I have this kind of wider picture of Robinson and Bowman and Turner and the rest of the guys. What have they done in conference? And, you know, we now were... <laughs> I mean, we've played... 14 conference games, I guess. I mean, 15 conference games. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a, it's a big sample size f- for sure. Um, if we look at the rest of the season, uh, three games left in the regular season, then we head to the ACC tournament. I do think Virginia Tech is a possible win, It's possible game to win. Uh, that happens on uh, this upcoming Saturday, 4 o'clock in Conti. Um, but similar to Florida State, they're the better team. Um, and I think BC needs a lucky day to beat a team like that, um, you know. Especially since a loss to BC for Virginia Tech would devastate the tournament home. So They're going to be coming in, you know, very hungry. They're not going to be messing around. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's a game to watch out for. I don't. Virginia Tech is not as good as Florida State. So, uh, and BC played them well in the second half, and uh, kind of as a, in the game as a whole um, when they were playing uh, in Blacksburg a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm looking forward to that game it'll be our, the last home game of the season ND Notre Dame on the road next week that's just that's just flat out tough you know we saw how mature and fearless this team that Notre Dame team is when they came back and outscored BC 23 to begin the second half um, you know Steve Astoria one of the best players I think in program history out of Notre Dame if you look at the stats Matt Fowl is a fearless point guard he was a great matchup for, for Kai Bowman I, I enjoyed watching those two kind of go at it Bonzi Colson's probably the ACC player of the year at this point um, so you know at at you know the Joyce Center in Notre Dame that's that, that's tough that's a tough one that that's next Wednesday so you know definitely not going to bet on that one um, and then they finish up the season at Clemson Clemson's a good team Clemson is a is a very good team uh, but it's it's probably the most winnable game we have left in the regular season out of these three and uh, you know keep your eye on it that. that's that'll be next Saturday so a week from this upcoming Saturday uh, at two o'clock. I believe that is the time. And uh, BC finished up last season with Clemson. Uh, they needed to win that game against Clemson last year to not go winless in the conference in the regular season. They did not win it. Luckily, BC already has two wins in conference this year. Um, but really, I think you need to win one of the last four, uh, you know, that being the final regular, three, regular season games, and then the tournament, you know, possibly the tournament game. If you win the tournament game, then, then you have a, you know, a fifth remaining game. And, you know, if you win that one, obviously keep going, and that's... Uh, much more of a hypothetical but this team I really really think needs to win and again the the one extra win is going to mean nothing. I mean it'll I guess be nice if it happened in the tournament, but overall it doesn't it's you know it doesn't add up to anything. But it's it's about a flavor heading into next year. Look, Robinson took a big step this past offseason. Bowman came in and he looks like a special kind of player. Um, the kind of player that you need that you needed to follow up last year's positive recruiting class with you know so Bowman was that was kind of the, the Robinson 2.0 not the same kind of player, but the same kind of special player uh, in, the, in the fact that these are the guys you build your program around um, and you know that, that's all good stuff but to kind of go into next season without you know losing 14 straight games would, would be devastating because Robinson and Bowman were positives for sure. But other things this season have not went so positively, and that I mean that not even with the wins and losses, you know, you lost a freshman mid-year to transfer, and you know, people said, "Hey, Ty Graves, you know, he didn't, he just didn't, didn't like it here. That was his fault. You know, kind of a soft competitor, that kind of stuff." Whether that's true or not, you still lost him from your program, and I don't, bl- I don't blame anyone for the fault of that. that. That's that's a that's a a lost player hurts your depth. Um, not ideal, not what you wanted to pl- Not certainly what you were planning on. I mean, you know, we kind of thought Graves was the, was the next Turner in the sense of all right, a very high recruit who can make a difference right away. Um, so that wasn't good. Turner ha- still looks shaky out there. Um, and you know, he, he was your big recruit as I, as I said, so he hasn't progressed. I think as much as, as you would have liked to see him, the defense has not improved too much this year. It's better than last year, but n- hasn't been great. This team will need a culture change for next year. They have to come in next year hungry and edgy, because next year is the make-or-break year of progression for this team, for Christian, for Robinson, for all those guys. Um, and how can all that happen? That that's getting another win, and you know, t- saying, "All right, we can do this. We can still do this. Um, we can compete with these teams at this level." And you know, we're going to come in in you know hungry. So. Uh, another win is crucial this year, and it's going to be tough over the next two. I think Clemson's possible, but I wouldn't put money on it. So you're looking at that first round of the ACC tournament. WZ WZBC Sports will be there. Uh, we'll be covering that game myself, Anthony Adi and Jake DiLorenzo will be there from the Barclays Center. So excited stuff! Tune into that uh, in two and a half weeks almost. But before we get there, um, you know BC's got to got to get another win. It's really important. I don't. You can't lose this. You can't finish this season. On a 24-game losing – on a 14-game losing streak, excuse me, not 24. Um, and I think another way that you make next year uh, a great step in the right direction is getting another great recruit. So I'm going to turn my attention to some news that broke last week about a rumored recruit. Um, his name is Malik on uh, Ondigo. Um, he's uh, 6'9", originally from Arizona, but uh, going to school in Connecticut. He has offers – from uh, schools such as Pitt Purdue, Texas Tech, Memphis Minnesota uh, and Kansas State and he's uh, very very long athletic very good on the defensive end of the floor I was watching some highlights of him he's very smooth out there very fluid um, nice moves to the basket got to work on his offensive game but he, he's he's uh, he doesn't look awkward out there runs the floor well can dribble the ball a little bit um, he's a three star. And, uh, you know, you want to look at a guy like him. I'm not saying you can expect to land him. There's no commits on that. Uh, but you need someone like him, uh, you know, maybe even someone a little bit better. I mean, again, you're competing with uh, Bruce Weber at Kansas State. You know, Purdue's having a fantastic year. Pitt's turned it around a little bit. They're still a great program. Um, Memphis is probably going to kind of take a step back after Passner left. Um, Texas Tech, you know, is probably further along than B.C. Is I can't as much speak to Minnesota. Um but uh they I, I believe they actually have Patino's son coaching there. So I think they're doing pretty well. I, I could be wrong about that. Um but it starts with another recruit. Um I think the recruiting class for next year will start to fill out pretty soon. You'll start to hear more about that over the next couple of weeks, which is important. Um, but BC's whether the stars and the numbers in you know, the recruiting profile point to a special player or not, you need to get a special player. Uh, Kai Bowman wasn't super highly recruited. Uh, he got some good offers, but not not overly recruited, uh, certainly. And he's come in and done great. Uh, I mentioned on the last podcast that I want to see a, a, a really good four come into this school, like a player like Isaiah Wilkins from Virginia, who I think is just fantastic. Um, someone you want to see a guy like him. Uh, maybe you know Malik Ondigo uh, can can be that kind of player. I don't know much about him, but to hear some recruiting news, he did visit uh, during the Notre Dame game. That's big. Um, and you need another guy like you need another guy to continue the progression of Robinson and Bowman to, to take some of the load off of them and to allow them to do what they do best out there and not be hampered by, you know, over defensive, uh, you know, being defensively game planned for um, and kind of being the only guys you can turn to in crunch time. You need you just need more than that. Um so, you know, tough loss to Florida State, but uh, things are kind of becoming a little more clear. We saw a different lineup last night with Nick Popovich. Starting Nick Popovich should be the starting center for next year. Uh, all signs point to that. Um, you know, we saw Mike C.A. again get, get some some good minutes out there, and uh, his game is a long way to go, but there's some promise there. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's it's not easy at the ACC level, um, but it's, you know, kind of about hanging with this team. There's still like a lot of, of fun basketball left to play um i think the virginia tech game on saturday is gonna be a lot of fun i think bc will be close in that game uh you know obviously all eyes on the clemson game to see how they can finish up the season and then the acc ACC tournament for the first time goes to the barclays center in brooklyn and that's gonna be just a lot of fun a great place to watch a basketball game and, and bc last time uh Last time they were there, actually, this, this season that they struggled. They lost to Kansas State and Richmond, but last year they, they beat Fordham there. Um, so, you know, kind of maybe you can kind of channel some of those, uh, some of those opportunities, some of those energies, and, and, and play well there. Um, so kind of to give you an update on what's uh, what we're looking at for the rest of the year, rest of the school year with podcasts. We're quickly approaching spring break here uh, at Boston College, but I will be doing one more basketball podcast, um, a wrap-up of the whole 2016-2017 season with some of my fellow WZBC sports members that'll happen uh, after spring break. So mid-March, we'll we'll get that one out there. Uh, Then I will be doing uh, a four-part series previewing the 2017 football team um, with some athletes on those podcasts. Uh, That'll be happening um, after, after basketball season's over. And uh, some of the other guys in the club, such as TJ Hartnett, Anthony Iotti, Quinn Kelly, Kyle Maslin, uh, those guys will be doing some baseball podcasts. You can check out episode 15 of the WZBC Sports Podcast, where uh, TJ and Anthony spoke with Jake Polamaki and Johnny Adams, uh, the middle infielders for the BC baseball team. Um, it's you know, a lot to look forward to with them after the Super Regionals appearance uh, with that team last year. So a lot of good stuff coming out of WZBC Sports for the coming weeks. Uh, we really appreciate uh, your support of this podcast. Uh, you know, you can always can find it on iTunes and at WZBCsports.com, but it's been a new endeavor for us this year. I've really enjoyed being part of it uh, as the podcast coordinator, and we've had some great guests on, and, and there's going to be a lot of good stuff to come. So, uh, again, appreciate all that support. BC loses the far state last night, 104 but certainly a lot to look for um, kind of beyond the the, the not-as-pretty box score. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of basketball that to be played, and we'll see what this team can do with it. Uh, so that, that's that's what uh, we're excited to see. And, um, you know, we'll we'll enjoy the ride, uh, you know, kind of as it comes to us, and we hope the guys on the team are as well. So this is going to do it for Episode 16 of the WZBC Sports Podcast. My name is Steve Mackley. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll see you next time on the WZBC Sports Podcast. And as always, check out all of our stuff at WZBCSports.com. Thanks, have a great night and go Eagles. Santini, a nice little pass over to Stanford. Stanford gives it to Tuck. Tuck with the shot on! Oh, no! scores! Eagles win! The Eagles have won the 2016 team punt championship. Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College Sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the Heights and beyond.